0: I'm oh. sorry. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Ocean State Sidelines. I'm Brandon McGear, sports writer with the Pawtucket Times, Woonsocket Call, joined as always by sports editor of the Independent, Will Gagan. Will, it's getting to the middle of January here. A lot of basketball has already been played and uh, lots to talk about as always.
1: Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll go right into the high school ranks and then, then we'll talk a little bit about college. Uh, everybody's knee deep into league play at this point. You know, it's you, you hit the new year and teams are, have played a lot of non-league games, at least high school, you know, and holiday tournaments and things like that. And then all of a sudden, 12 days into January, they've played five or six league games. It, it happens fast. So uh, so we've got some conclusions to draw at this point and uh, and some news. So uh, lots to get to. Start with Erickson, Erickson Baines of Shea
0: with a uh, a big commitment. How about that? Uh, Sunday night, uh, John Rothstein uh, tweeted out, that Erickson Bands was going to Bryant University. He's actually very close with Jared Grasso, so there's no surprise that that yeah. news came yeah. from that source first. And I guess How you about know, talk- that John
1: Rothstein talking about Erickson Bands. Yeah, I think <laughs> you
0: should see the the replies were a little bit uh, a little harsh. I thought on you know who is that blah blah blah. <laughs> but that's another story for another day. But um, you know, very nice for Erickson to jump from the interscholastically right to the Division one race. I mean, Will, you've been covering high school sports for a while. We haven't seen this too often. No,
1: it's not a common thing. Uh, Joe Missoula, Justin Missoula, both did it. Most guys are going at least a year of prep school, sometimes two or three years of prep school, um, to, in order to get to the the D one ranks so it's pretty cool for Baines to get get this opportunity. Uh, you know, he uh, he got the offer a couple of weeks ago, and and it sounded like it was it was a perfect fit for him.
0: Yeah, it kind of traces back to the summer when uh, head coach Jared Grasso saw Baines on the uh, grassroots circuit with the Expressions Elite, and it continued throughout the fall when Erickson was dabbling in high school football for Hyde as the quarterback and. <laughs> I think wisely, he uh, just continued playing football and realizing that basketball was going to be his meal ticket. And really, since the start of the season, he's come out on gangbusters, scored forty-nine points against Woonsocket, yeah. had a great uh, boys and girls club tournament in Pawtucket, and you know, netted his two-thousand career point. And yeah. just really the scratching of his senior year, to be honest. So he's got a lot more points still ahead of him. Yeah, yeah,
1: which is pretty amazing. He's just one of the, the all-time great scorers in the state of Rhode Island. It's cool that, that that guy is going to play his college basketball up the road in Rhode Island, and uh, you know, play for Bryant. And I think uh, you know, it seems like a good fit in terms of the system. They like to get up and down. They like to score, and uh, and I think Bryant will be a nice home for him. So, congratulations to Erickson.
0: Yep, congratulations to Erickson. And you know, like we said, it's kind of a win-win for the you know, Scholastic League as well because they, you know, we've read many stories about kids who kind of. Not defected, but also reclassified might be the better word to mm-hmm. get that extra year of prep school. Maybe get a little more notoriety on right. the uh, recruiting circuit, then head off to college. But uh, he did it his way. Yep. And it paid off. So. Yep. You don't have to do it any way that you know is prescribed.
1: There's no no 100 right way, and he sh- he shows that he did it the way he wanted to do it.
0: He wanted to be at Shea, uh, and here he is headed to D one. Headed to D one up to the road to O'Brien uh, So it'll be fun to watch him. Not only the rest of this year as a senior, year, but also the four years at Bryant. Absolutely. All right, so let's stick with the uh, the boys hoop scene, kind of get a lay, the, the
1: lay of the land here. Division one, you've got uh, three undefeated teams atop there. They're the three subdivisions. Hendrickson is 4 0, Mount Pleasant is 4 0, and North Kingstown is 4 uh, 0. You also have LaSalle, East Providence, are in the mix at 3 and 1, some 2 and 2 teams also. Uh, also there. So things separating a little bit. Not surprising to see those three teams at the top. It's pretty familiar to what we've seen last year. Obviously NK is the defending D one and state champs. Hendrick in the D one runner up and the Perennial Powerhouse and Mount Pleasant always in the mix. They were a uh, I think a D one Final Four team last year. They won uh, the uh,
0: they won the D one in twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. And yes. they lost the state championship game to Hendrick in that same year. Yeah. Yep. So so they're no stranger no to stranger. this scene yep. and uh Hendrickson and uh, NK, you expected those teams to be near the top. I yeah. think those are the three that have really established themselves as the three best teams in the state. Mm-hmm. But that second tier is where you're kind of fighting for positioning, and that's where you mentioned like LaSalle and East Providence and yeah. Woonsocket. socket, for example, they got a big game tonight against Cumberland. It seems like they play the Clippers every single week. It does. <laughs> it's actually the seventh time in the last oh, 13 months, Will, that they're <laughs> going to be facing off. That's absolutely insane. Between holiday tournaments, yep. and they met last year in the Final Four. It's a big game because uh, uh, when socket they looked like they were in trouble. They had a blowout loss against Mount Pleasant. They circled the Wagons winning at Classical on Friday night, and they're facing a uh, Clipper team that has had plenty of rest. They haven't played since January 6th. So uh, they hope to uh, be at full strength tonight, which should be a, a key game at the Wallace Center. Yep. And, you know, Socket also uh,
1: has a game with North Kingstown coming up on Thursday. That's a rematch of the state title game. Obviously, Socket doesn't have like, a lot of the same personnel, um, but still a, kind of an intriguing game. And the start of it, a very interesting stretch for NK. So they've got Socket. On Monday, this one is always circled, North Kingstown at Hendrickin. Uh, so if you're off on Martin Luther King Day and want to take in some hoops, it's a 6.30 tip-off at Hendricken. Tickets sold, I believe, only in advance. Uh, um, so uh, if you want to head to that game, you've got uh, to do some uh, planning ahead.
0: I wonder if they'll be scalping in the parking lot. There might be, you know.
1: It's, it's possible. I'm hoping I can get in. We'll see. Uh, and then Wednesday, Mount Pleasant takes on North Kingstown. So t- definitely a tough stretch for the skippers. Um, kind of a, a stretch where last year, interestingly, they lost. I think their schedule is exactly the same. And I think is. they lost those three three of those three similar games. It may not have been to Woonsocket. I think they lost to Hendrickson, Mount Pleasant, and Cranston East, uh, and then didn't lose again. So, there was, yeah, that was a really,
0: yeah. like little, really bump in the road. Yeah, the only one. Yep. Because yeah. they soared uh, the rest of the way. But uh, key stretch coming up for the Skippers. Uh, big game tonight at uh, Cumberland with Woonsocket. And uh, we'll go over to the D2 ranks right now where uh, – you know, I think Westerly has kind of established themselves as the best team. And uh, after that, uh, you have a nice little group Narragansett, East Greenwich, Shea, the, with the aforementioned Erickson bands, and uh, a lot, of, and Tolman, too. Tolman's been a nice, pleasant surprise for me so far. Yep. And Cranston West has been really good. I think
1: mean, Jared Olsen is just shooting lights out for them. They got Cam Alves. Cam Alves, yeah. So some guys who played other sports. Olson is a big baseball guy. He was on that little League World Series team uh, from Cranston Western for a few years ago. Uh, so they're also undefeated in D2 right now. And then down in D3, uh, you've got Lincoln looking good, and Johnston also unbeaten. Uh, Rogers hanging in 4-1. Blackstone Valley
0: prep? Yes, Blackstone Valley that? prep. Uh, they re- returned a decent nucleus from a year ago, and uh, a lot of people were kind of ho- singing their praises before the season, and they lived to lived the yeah, advanced billing. Key game Thursday in the uh, Blackstone Valley as Mount Hope comes to take on a Mount St. Charles team where... They have uh, kind of strolled a little bit recently, but they came in with uh, very high preseason expectations, so they welcome the Huskies and what could be a uh, key game for them. Yeah, absolutely. So that's kind of a look at the boys. Uh, switching over to the
1: girls' side, uh, we had the, the first real big game in D1 uh, last night. That was North Kingstown taking on St. Ray's. Both teams were undefeated coming in. Looks like maybe, maybe we have a top four of, of LaSalle, South Kingstown, North Kingstown, and St. Ray's, although Johnston could probably make a case as well. Uh, but this was the first meeting between any of those teams, and, uh, and N.K. came away with a victory over the Saints. Uh, they, they allowed Amaya Dowdy to score 23 points, uh, which is kind of what she does, but they did not let the Saints shooters go off, and then N.K. Uh, they've made a lot of strides since last year offensively. It helps that they added four, three or four really good freshmen, um, so they 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 played really well offensively. They got out and ran. A lot of fast break points. Just a little too much speed for the Saints. And that's uh, kind of uh, an announce-yourself win for the Skippers.
0: Absolutely. I think in girls' basketball, especially that top of the D1, it's kind of been an elongated preseason where <laughs> you kind of really haven't been tested. And, you yeah. know, just speaking from the St. Okay. Railfield perspective, they've kind of done some out-of-state games to prepare themselves for games like against the North Kingstown, against the LaSalle, and, uh, you know, I think it's tough because to get up to that certain level of competition, I saw Saint Rayfield the previous Thursday night against Cranston West, and that ended up being a thirty-point game. Yep, right. And uh, you know you don't really gain too much out of it, other than the fact that you see Saint Rayfield, and you're thinking, you mentioned uh, the big girl Amaya Doughty, Amaya Doughty, and, Doughty. and also to uh, Chloe Rayco, who is a, really their best outside shooter. You got that inside outside mm-hmm. game going. I think. St. Rayfield was tough, is tough to beat. However, it just sounds like they didn't have too much outside shooting last night, right. so credit North Kingstown deciding where they were going to really limit the Saints.
1: Yep, that was the plan, was to to slow them down, kind of let Dowdy do what she does. Try not to get killed on the glass by Dowdy, but uh, you know, she's going to get her points, And uh, but the, they did a nice job stopping them. And so NK, uh, they're 5-0 and now, certainly looking like a, a contender. Uh, and then you also have South Kingstown um, down in, in my neck of the woods, 5-0. The uh, runners-up last year in D1 and States with their, their whole starting lineup back. Uh, and they've been pretty impressive. They haven't had a whole lot of bumps in the road yet. They haven't played the, the toughest teams in D1. Their their subdivision looks like maybe not not the strongest, but they've, they've certainly held their own against these teams and, and taken care of business. Uh, so they'll they'll be looking ahead a little
0: bit. To matchups with NK and Lasalle down the road to see where they stack up. Yep, it's uh, it's starting to fall into place a little bit over to D uh, two. The Shea girls they are still undefeated. Well, this is kind of misleading two zero and one. There's no ties in <laughs> girls basketball per the NISCALESCA Hopefully they fix that. But uh, <laughs> standings are a little tricky sometimes. Yeah, on the, on yes, the definitely. But uh, you know they've kind of established themselves as a uh, a strong team so far. Just a uh, quick note on. The Shea Raiders, as I pull this up, Yasmin Santos, the senior. She netted her 1,000th career point last Thursday, so congratulations to her. And over in uh, D3, I think uh, you see Tolman and Woonsocket, uh, they've uh, established themselves as two uh, of the favorites thus far. Yep, and uh, also D2, and know it's doing well. Heard some good
1: things about Classical, Who's a... A uh, real, real strong team last year. Situate also really off to a good start. They actually Situate in D two gave SK probably its toughest game of the year so
0: far. So we will now it? we will transition to the college game, and Still? we will we will begin with the Rhodey Rams, who uh, had I think maybe a season defining win at VCU on Saturday. Well, uh, I'm sure you watched a good chunk of it. I watched a little bit of it before I went up to see Bryant. Take on Mount Saint Marys, and just your impressions of uh, what you saw from the Rams. Yeah, so I mean, this is a team that, that, just the ups and
1: downs. We talked about this with PC, but you URI had, had was that team that hadn't had a bad loss or a great win. On January second, they have a bad loss to Brown. Nine days later, they get a great win. Uh, huge, huge performance for them. They really needed it. Uh, I, you know, I, they they do tend to match up well with VCU. Are two teams that are not the most uh, high-scoring squads. They're not skill-based. They kind of bully you. Uh, and URI has been better at that than VCU in, in a lot of their recent matchups, but not in a matchup last year when they went to Richmond uh, and lost by 30 points. Uh, really, yep. really rough game down there the last time they were there. To come back from that, go on the road when you're still maybe not fully back from a little bit of a two-game ski, from from feeling a little wobbly, Uh, Just a great win for them, Uh, helps the resume, keeps them in the conversation um, for the top of the A-10, and if you're in the conversation for the top of the A-10, then you're in the conversation for an at-large opportunity. That Brown loss still hurts uh, that, but but
0: you just got to keep it going, you got to keep Kind of kicking the can down the road, and they did that in a big way here and got a big win. And speaking of the Rams, I think they're back in action tomorrow night at St. Joe's. They are. They
1: uh, they head to Philly. Uh, always a tough place for them, except that uh, they have Fats Russell now. Philly's own, uh, who had 41 points the last time you or I uh, was uh, at St. Joe's. Uh, and he'll be, you know, not looking for something similar, but certainly he'll have a big crowd there and looking for a big game. Um, so that that's something to watch, certainly. Um, they they have had like I said they had some some rough ones at St. Joe's and St. Joe's has uh, has put a scare in a couple A ten teams so far. They also beat former URI headman Dan Hurley in the non conference, so no slouch there for the Rams. But you know, I think URI's got to you feel like they're they're trending in the right direction. Um, Jeff Dowton broke out. He's he's had a surprisingly up and down senior year. He's a guy who's Mister consistent um, throughout his career. Still very consistent in terms of assists and not turning the ball over. Scoring has just been a little bit of, uh, you know, some, he's just had some bad games. He hasn't shot the ball well, he, uh, but but things, you know, have clicked at times, and he had 21 points against VCU, so that's a good sign. I think for the Rams to really get to their, their ceiling, they need Cyril Langevin to get back to what he was. He's had a, a rough couple of games in A-10 play. He was one for eight against VCU with two points. Of course, he had 13 rebounds, so he's always going to give you that. Um, but if they can get a little more scoring from him... Uh Doughton keeps going and Fats Russell keeps playing the way uh, he's been playing, that, I mean, they've shown that's all they
0: need to be a contender, um, and, and they'll try to keep doing that. The bench has been solidified with uh, defections, and uh, I think the Rams realize this is the group we have going forward. It's up to us. We yep. need to perform at a very high level each time out. And once maybe Doughton gets over this early season malaise, you know, the Rams could really be on a... Uh, Upward uh, yeah. tick here. Yeah, that's
1: really I think the key. What you said there is that they have to perform at a high level. It's not a team that has kind of a high floor where they can they can wobble, they can play bad and still win to beat legitimate good teams, which pretty much everyone in the conferences. URI has to play really well. As long as they keep doing that, they'll uh, you know they'll be in the
0: mix. Just one note about uh, St. Joe's. Uh, they will be different on the sidelines. No uh, Phil Martelli. Fair true. Yeah, the dean of a ten coaches, one of the deans of coaches nationally. Uh, Phil
1: Martelli, that was was let go at the end of last year. He went up to uh, join John yeah, Howard up at Michigan. Michigan. Yeah, so different, different style with the uh, with the Hawks now. But the hawk will never die. Still. No,
0: the hawk will never. I'm sure will be spreading its wings tomorrow <laughs> night down in down. Philly.
1: And next home game for the Rams, we should mention is uh, Saturday against LaSalle. 12 twelve thirty start. And then a big one next Wednesday. Duquesne comes to Kingston. know I mean, Duquesne hasn't been involved in a lot of big games no. uh, recently, but they're off to a great start in A10 play and actually getting votes in the AP Top 25 this last time.
0: We'll transition now to the uh, Providence uh, College Friars, who uh, after their Midwest swing, winning by one point each at DePaul and Marquette, came home and, you know, basically well kind of laid an egg, I thought, against Butler. who was a late Friday night crowd and. When you, go, when you start the game scoreless for seven minutes, you know it's going to be the potential for a long night is going to exist. And credit Butler, they are one of the best defensive teams, not only in the Big East, but the entire country. I think they came in averaging the fourth fewest points allowed. But uh, Butler just dictated their style, and uh, they grinded out a 70-58 to 58 win, and it never felt like PC was really in the game at all.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what happens. You get off to such a bad start. You battle back, you make it close at times, but still you're you're playing from from a significant hole when you do that um, yeah, Butler is really good uh you could just see their def- their defense just no easy shots uh, for p c but like you said i think p c just wishes they had they had played a, a little better on their own side yep. uh, if you execute a little better, maybe you play a little better defense of your own, you don't have that terrible start. Then all of a sudden, it, it's more of a toss-up game, uh, and the home crowd gets into it, things get get rolling, so that that's the disappointment there for PC. Not so much that they, you miss the, you know, the loss doesn't, doesn't hurt that no, much in terms of resume, hurting. where Butler is, you know, top 10 team, um, but it is, you know, a game where they wish they, they certainly had played better.
0: And I kind of agree with uh, PC head coach Ed Cooley to a degree afterwards when he said, Butler had been off for a week. Mm. PC was had played overtime on Tuesday yeah, night. Flying that, home from Milwaukee. Yeah, the road swing hadn't been home in a long time. You know, yeah. you got a Wednesday, Thursday. It's it was a quick, maybe barely forty-eight hour turnaround yeah. to get ready for uh, a Butler team that was, came in ranked sixth in the country and uh, just didn't have that punch, didn't have that zap. Right. And uh, you know, it, it's uh, but now Friars uh, circle the wagons here. They have a big game, I think, tomorrow night at home against St. John's because after that. You go on the road to Creighton on Saturday, and then Seton Hall the following Wednesday. So this is as close to a must-win game in mid-January as you're going to see, in my opinion. Yeah, you gotta, you kind of
1: gotta get this one. Um, the way Creighton and Seton Hall have been playing, um, and, and then after, I mean, you look even further ahead. It's Villanova um, coming to the dunk, and then at Butler. So it's yeah, the Big East is tough. It's very <laughs> yeah, tough. It really is. So when you get get a game against. You know, St. John's is no slouch either, obviously. But no, they but won I out
0: thought. the Arizona. They yeah. I, they new head coach Mike Anderson who actually came to the dunk last year with our with Arkansas and yeah, right. the NIT right. and defeated the Friars, so he's uh, quite familiar with the building. Yeah, when you but
1: I guess you know it comes down to when you, you get a home game against a team that, that you hope to be comparable with, you gotta win the game.
0: Absolutely. That's, it's that's another brilliant. it's gonna be another late night at the dunk eight thirty and uh we might we Bat might be lucky. Bad dead for deadlines, but uh Good for the crowd if they want to uh, stay at their local establishment <laughs> for a uh, extra round or two. Yeah, but yeah, that's uh, I think that's a good plan. Right? That's a, that's a, that's you know if you had that luxury, I would certainly take awesome. it. But uh, it uh, should be another interesting night at the dunk. Hopefully they have another good crowd. I was impressed they announced ten thousand at the dunk the other night. That's uh, you know for a nine o'clock audience, that's pretty good. Yeah, and that two
1: game win streak came at a good time. <laughs> Got the fans feeling good again ahead uh, into that Butler game. And uh, we'll also look at a a little bit of Bryant, Uh, you know, after the the strong start against St. Francis, two tough ones uh, their last two times out against Fairleigh Dickinson and Mount St. Mary's. Close losses, a four-point loss to Fairleigh Dickinson, uh, and that was January 4th, and a full week before another game, uh, they had Mount St. Mary's and lost by two. Um, so that, that home home stretch that they started with, with the three three home games to begin NEC play, they end up 1-2, which is not what they were looking for.
0: No, absolutely not. And the disappointing thing is that it's, your losses on your home court. And yeah. I don't care if it's the ACC or the NEC, you have to value your home court and get those wins. And I thought the schedule makers did Brian a huge favor, opening with three straight mm-hmm. at home and also five out of six you have to take advantage of this opportunity because you know the schedule is going to turn at some point and you're going to be spending a considerable amount of time away from the Chase Athletic Center. So that's what kind of makes these losses to uh, Fairleigh Dickinson. The most recent one to uh, Mount St. Mary is really tough to digest if you're Jared Grasso.
1: Yeah, so they got to look ahead to the, like you said, five out of six of the other two home games coming up. They have uh, Merrimack. They're on the road at Merrimack on Wednesday. Uh, And then LIU comes to Smithfield with Derek Kellogg and... uh, and Wagner um, on the 23rd, Uh, and then the uh, road swing starts into February, and then they only have uh, four home games left after that, so uh, they need to uh, pick up some wins here as they get into the thick of NEC play.
0: Absolutely. I was impressed with uh, freshman Michael Green on Saturday against Mount St. Mary's. He started the game and uh, really got the Bulldogs off to a great start. Bryant led by as many as 13 points in the first half, and he ended up with... uh, Seven points, six assists, with, and one turnover in 28 minutes. Pretty good for a freshman. Uh, it's a, that's a yeah. performance he can definitely build upon. Here. Yeah, that's something they need. All right, so that's going to do it for the hoops. Uh, quick shout-outs. Uh,
1: Clay Brochu of North Kingstown scored his 1,000th point last week. He uh, ha- It was probably the, the fastest... Surge into a thousand points that I had ever seen. He needed 26 coming into the night against Coventry, which is, you know, no easy task. 26 in a game, unless you're Ericsson Baines. Absolutely. Um, but, uh, but uh, you know, Brochu with. Uh, I think about 9 minutes left, he was still a ways away 15 points, and he ended up scoring 16 points in 2 minutes and 47 seconds to get to 1,000, so that was a pr- pretty cool moment at NK, he wanted to do it at home, and he did, so congratulations to him he is, uh, might end up as the all-time leading scorer in NK boys basketball history, which is pretty
0: impressive that's an impressive feat, and yeah. uh, my shout out goes out to uh, Lincoln Senior Shotput slash thrower Allison Plant, uh, last Sunday last Monday actually, January 6th she signed her national eleven intent to go to sacred heart always nice to see a local athlete go on to sign a letter of intent to a d1 school and one thing about this area maybe the state we've seen a lot of kids for the school actually go to college for weight throwing shot put, yep. and uh it's really a credit to that whole community it really is. to producing these yep. kids to put them in position
1: and it's very much a community I, you go you stand by any of those events Every coach knows every kid from every school. They're all cheering for each other. They all work out together. It's a really cool, uh, cool thing,
0: and it is, like you said, producing some big-time athletes. Absolutely. But uh, that'll do it for this week's episode of Ocean State Sidelines. We'll be back next week with more updates about the basketball, hockey, whatever you want scene. All
1: right. Thanks, guys.